Smith Elias. You just made the list. And feel the power. I am the game. Hello and welcome back to a bonus episode, a rewind episode where I take a trip back down memory lane from a podcast episode that I recorded in 2020 with a friend, Shady Natras. Shady takes us on his two uh, his two decade long professional wrestling journey and my goodness, this guy has got some stories. So sit tight, stay tuned, enjoy this bonus rewind episode that I'm bringing you on the Keeping It Kayfabe Four Corners podcast. It's it's one of my favourite conversations that I've ever had with a professional wrestler. And spoiler alert, everyone, very, very soon, me and Shady are sitting down once again and we are bringing you part two of the Shady Natras journey. I mean, we're going to be three decades in soon. Um, I'm very excited to bring you that. But for now, sit tight, enjoy this bonus rewind episode. Enjoy the stories that Shady has because we're going to be bringing you more so very soon. Let's get over to a podcast recorded in 2020. Enjoy. It's my absolute honour and a privilege to bring to you our guest at this time, Shady Natras. How you doing, Shady? I'm good, thanks, you. I am super good on a wet Saturday afternoon. That's the time that we're recording, a wet Saturday afternoon. Um, wow, it's, it's great to have you here. Um, you, you, you've been in the professional wrestling industry for two decades. Yeah. And... Please excuse my ignorance, but I have never seen you wrestle. It's it's been a while since I've I've been uh, down south. Uh, I've uh, occasionally uh, ventured out along the years, but um, yeah, I, I normally uh, work in the north of England and in Scotland. But yeah, okay. if, if 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 any shows are available down there, I'm always uh, willing to travel. You're going to fill that diary, aren't you? That's what you're going to do. Hopefully. <laughs> it sounds when great. It and, when it gets up and running again, I'll be quite happy yeah. to fill it. It sounds, it sounds great. And, and obviously, we've had a brief chat. I know a little bit about you. Um, sounds like you've been on a hell of a journey, which we're going to just dive into in the next couple of minutes. But I want to know um, why. Why professional wrestling? I mean, you must have made that decision 20 years ago. But why professional wrestling? Well, I've got three brothers, so we grew up uh, watching UWWF, and obviously, uh, when we had the opportunity to start training, our our mother encouraged us to to take it up properly rather than keep wrecking the house. So we, <laughs> uh, as soon as we found a a, a a school that was approachable for us, then we uh, we headed right away as soon as we could. Were you the type of brothers to have ladder matches on mattresses in the back garden? Yeah, well, we didn't even put the mattresses down. We just had them in the back garden. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's hardcore. ECW would be, would be absolutely <laughs> delighted to hear that. Um, it sounds awesome that you had three brothers around you of all the same interest. Um, how many out of the three of you, including yourself, made it? 
well, all all four of us have wrestled, and um, my niece has also been a valet. So wow! Uh, so you're all involved. Definitely a family um, business for us. Uh, we like we eventually ran shows as TTP, and then that um, that evolved into Target. And uh, when when we were running TTP shows, they would essentially be um, myself, my older brother John, and uh, my mother, who would it be us three would be the ring crew. Wow. So, <laughs> It was set up, start up, perform, shut down, all as a family. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. So that's a hell of a, a hell of a journey. I mean, what what really enticed you? I mean, you mentioned WWF. Was there a certain individual or 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 superstars, wrestlers that enticed you? And you you, and you watched on TV, and you you just went, you know what? I want to be that person. Was there anyone in particular? Well, like growing up, I, I was always, I, I liked your, your Mr. Perfects and your, your rockers, your own hearts, your, your, your wrestlers, your, your faster paced wrestlers. Um, I, I wasn't really attracted to the, the Hulk Hogan's and the, and the Ultimate Warriors. It didn't, didn't do anything for me. I liked the actual wrestling side. So it just, as I say, evolved into, yeah, we should be doing this. So you obviously we've got the superheroes, the Hogans and the Warriors, um, but then we've got the technical gifted individuals that you've mentioned. And it's such a it's really refreshing to hear that, actually, because I have a lot of people that we've spoke to who idolize the Hogans and the Warriors, which I'm sure we all do. But actually, when you get down to the nitty gritty and you've got your technical side of it, you're doing your homework while you're watching it on TV going, well, do you know what? This is tremendous stuff. If I could do that in the ring for 20 25 minutes i've done all right yeah i i and i like it was only maybe last year i i actually questioned my mum my about it and and asked like why why weren't we into the same as everybody else why didn't we want to be you hulk hogan and uh and people like that it was it was always just the the wrestlers that attracted us we never we never questioned is it fake or whatever? It's it was just the entertainment. We we were entertained by the wrestling. Do you still watch? And I'm sure you do. But do you still watch professional professional wrestling to this day? Um, WWE's, your AEW's, your New Japan's. <laughs> yes, great. I that's did. great news. And and the reason I ask that is because do you still find yourself attracted to those wrestlers that? that perform yes. like the ones you've mentioned before? Or do you look at the ones like your Austins, your Rocks, your Undertakers? Well, I I, I tend to watch a wide variety now um, as much as a learning tool as, as anything because I think sometimes we get fixated on a certain wrestler or a certain style that if we if we were to work a match with somebody that was different to that it can become a struggle whereas okay. i'd rather i'd rather adapt to the situation and try to make it as good a match as i could rather than hey look what i do mm, okay i respect that and i i get it i really get that um who are you watching at the moment who have you got your eye on at the moment that you might be taking a few notes on the the, the likes of of yeah, 
yeah, Alex Zanes and your um, who else? Shingo in New Japan's been outstanding. Um, what, a, what a couple of years he's had. <laughs> uh, he's, he's he's just outstanding, and he's just got better and better. But anybody anybody from um, Johnny Gargano on NXT or Austin um, on on AEW was just been outstanding recently. But Eddie uh, yeah. Kingston, sorry, Eddie Kingston must be an absolute. Um, for the word I'm looking for the word now, but Eddie Kingston must be a prime example of what anyone can go on to do. He's yeah. just main evented AEW full gear, and he's been with the company what three months, four months of that push. He's 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 been the the one to watch on the TV show every week. He sold and, AEW yeah. full gear to a lot of people, not for the match against Moxley, but for the programming leading up to. Yeah, uh, absolutely, he, absolutely agree. He was um, he's been fantastic. Have you um have you met Eddie Kingston on the independent? Yeah, team? he worked he worked a target show um a couple of years back. Which, Any uh, advice? No, he was he was he was just very laid back. He, yeah. He was yeah, he was just happy to go in and do his stuff and then uh, get himself a bit chilled out, which isn't a problem. I mean, you mentioned Johnny Gargano as well. I mean, Mr. Five Star in NXT for takeovers. He's yeah. one of my favourite matches in NXT. One of my favourite matches ever. Uh, Johnny Gargano against Andrade from Philadelphia. I mean, Andrade, if you know me, Andrade's my favourite professional wrestler um, for varying reasons. But that match, I go back and watch it a hell of a lot. I mean, Gargano, he's just fantastic, isn't he? I mean, if you could have the skill set and the ability to put on such a show like Gargano, but back it up with the mouth of Kingston. You've done, you know, yeah. you, you're Absolutely. top, you're top, you're a top dollar wrestler, aren't you? So, um, yeah. Um, you mentioned Shingo. Yeah. Um, what stood out for you, uh, for Shingo? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know an awful lot about Shingo until he debuted in, in LIJ, uh, with new Japan about two years ago. I think it was now when they brought him back, um, during Hiromu's injury, uh, the start of Hiromu's terrible injury. Shingo's, just had match after match from the last year's best of super juniors that final against osprey matches against ishii in the g1 this year the list goes on what's been your standout for shingo well i've i've watched him since dragon gate and okay. uh, when was when it was uh, shingo against yokosuka over here that was that's the best match i've seen live and wow. it was I, you, you couldn't take your eyes off it. It was it was an amazing watch, and then the evolution of him. He's just the, it's the little things he does now. That's just yeah, he's so good. He's he is fantastic to watch. And did you watch his match last week against Suzuki? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just I mean, hard hitting fun as it gets, isn't it? You know, and Suzuki's smile at the end of the match tells me <laughs> that's not over. Let's have that again at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm fine with that. The way the way that he had the match with Osprey to then work in Suzuki to to work in a Jeff Cobb, mm. it's he he just fits in. He isn't one style, shall we say? He he fits in everywhere, and Absolutely. so I think Osprey's added that to his to his resume as well. Obviously, early days, best of Super Juniors, you know, he 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 was wrestling that style, but as we've seen now. 
he's slowed the pace down, he's bulked up and he's slowly transitioning into something very, very special as well, isn't he? But like you said, Shingo is, is just sublime to watch. I mean, I've said to my partner, Shingo is my favourite wrestler on the planet at times, just because his matches are so easy to watch. Um, especially when professional wrestling can be so long, when someone can absorb yeah. you from a three-hour show and you've got that 20, 25-minute burst of someone, you just, you, you're absorbed by it and it's brilliant. Um, that's, that's just awesome. It's awesome. I want to just roll the clock back if I can, um, Shady. Um, can you tell me about your independent uh, professional wrestling scene debut can you tell me about championships any companies that you work for and any footage that myself that i can go back and watch and anyone that's listening to the podcast can go and do the same okay well originally um uh we had a, we had a rough training um experience we we paid an excessive amount of uh, membership joining fee and then we were paying £20 a week for an hour and a half in a boxing ring and then it just eventually died and uh, we stopped it stopped being on so we stopped training there and then moved on to GBH in Stoke which is where Dean Olmark and Mikey Whiplash and a lot of other names originally started um, and then that's where we had our debut match which was myself and my two older brothers against Mikey Whiplash and Tim Wiley. And it was it was a bit awful to be honest. It was it was long, it was there was no proper plan to it, but you didn't get taught things like match structure back then. You just kind of got thrown in at the deep end. But yeah, it's uh it's it's come a long way since them days. When you're thrown in at the deep end, it's such an early part of your learning process i suppose how what do you do who do you look for for advice or is it a case of like there's, there's two of us there's three of us there's four of us in the ring what do we need to do how yeah, we, how hard is that to overcome well we we were lucky that we we always had each other to even just bounce ideas off or um like make suggestions to um so that when we we did work with matches um we, we we like to think we're quite easy to work with anyway so it's as long as we get the match where it needs to go we're quite we're quite happy to adapt where we need to whereas a, a lot of people as as i said earlier kind of look after themselves and our our thought was always let's have a good match because it's going to be as much a match that'll stand out as much as an individual so if we can all work together it makes everybody look good mm. what's the um what's the best bit of advice if you can share this what's the best bit of advice that you were given and from who um is that the million dollar question yeah um <laughs> the, the probably the main time where i've I've asked for feedback after a match was when I, I got to work with Al Snow, and oh, in my in my uh, in the mid nineties, Al Snow was my favourite wrestler. So when I got the opportunity to work him, to say I was nervous was an understatement. I bet. Yeah. Uh, and I worked the match with him, and we, I went backstage and asked him if he had any, any opinions, and he said no, it was good. 
Um, and then I worked a show with him the next day and I basically cornered him and said, can you please tell me something I've done wrong? And and he pointed out, uh, I had when he was making his comeback, I had uh, basically died too much and wasn't coming back enough. And that was, as I say, he had to like think of something he could give me. So um, I've been lucky enough to to at least be passable, even on my worst days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a talent. I mean, I for me growing up, I only found WWF in 1999 uh, and fell in love with Al Snow straight away, even in those days. I have yeah. not had enough time, if I'm honest, throughout the years to go back and look at the Al Snow catalogue. But now you've mentioned that, I mean, he seems like such a nice guy. I'll, I'll make sure that I go back over and, and check some of his stuff out, knowing that you've wrestled him. And he gave you a bit of advice that I think he probably felt he had to give you. And it didn't sound like any negativity, which is probably the biggest positive that you could take out of it. You Absolutely. know, um, what an honour that was. I'm, I'm, always, I, I'm always willing to receive feedback because I always want to be the best professional wrestler I can be. And if uh, I've recently offered uh, trainees and wrestlers on Twitter for match critique, uh, they send me match footage and I'll give it a look and see where I can help them with. If they take my advice, then great. If they don't, it's, it's not an issue. But sometimes a different pair of eyes can see something maybe your trainer doesn't or mm your the the regular workers you work with don't notice so i'm i'm kind of hoping more people can take me up on that well let's hope that people are listening uh, i'll certainly put your name forward to anyone as well there after this podcast if i can do anything to help what you're doing to help other people then i know i'm trying to do something right as well um where can we find some match footage of yours well um just this week, I've started putting out a YouTube video called Pro Wrestling in Real Life. And essentially, what my idea behind it is, we can't run wrestling shows at the moment. So we have no new match footage. So I, I needed a, a fresher way to show off my match footage. So... The one that I released on Wednesday was uh, myself against Ricochet. And wow. I've got um, quite a few years of match footage that I have available. So uh, in the coming weeks, there'll be matches from at least 15 years ago on there. Um, I've I've got footage of myself against um, El Generico, Jay Lethal, Paul London. Um, Pete Williams, Shane Strickland. So did he hit you with a Canadian uh, destroyer? Yes, he did. <laughs> Can that you was... do me a favour? Yeah. Can you please send me the link to your YouTube? I will. And once we release this episode, and people that are listening now, they'll see the link already. We'll attach the link to the episode, and every time that I um, share it out, okay? Great. Brilliant. That sounds like a hell of a resume. One hell of a resume. Like. My mouth's watering at watching some of this footage. Absolutely. Um, it sounds like you've had an amazing time and probably very, very easy 
for people to forget that you've been in the industry for 20 years. Um, are you looking to step back in the ring in 2021 as soon as oh, you can? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to get back to it. It's, it's been a rough time uh, not being able to, to do what I love, but I've, I've had to try and evolve with the times and I've, I've been studying footage uh, anything that I can can add to to my character to my work in general I just want to to try and improve myself so I've I've got notebooks full of ideas and and thoughts just to try and uh, keep my my wrestling brain active yeah sure well it sounds like it's going to be an exciting 2021 um, I've got a bit of a kayfabe question for you, and I'm hoping I word, and I word this right for you. So kayfabe question at the ready. You were unprepared for this one. Um, do you still hate wrestling fans? Yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I do. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I had to get that one out there. That's on the notes, and I thought, right, that's coming out definitely uh, mid mid podcast. So thanks, thank you. Um, I'm sure fans hate you too. Shady. Um, <laughs> I would probably find it hard to believe that after listening to this podcast, that's a hundred percent certain you've been an absolute gem. Um, what's been your? Let's start with the start with the low points, if you don't mind me asking. What's been the low point of your career in the industry so far? Um, uh, for me, the low points would probably be um, I've had a, a couple of shoulder injuries luckily nothing major but it's enough to still cause me issues um and there's been there's been times where uh i i have thought it is it time to pack up um but i i, I love wrestling too much that i, I couldn't step back um it, it's it's been frustrating wrestling for so long and as you say still not being known by a, a, a large number of people, large number of fans. So hopefully, if I keep doing what I do and showing everybody uh, my work, I can uh, correct that. Absolutely, and I'm sure, and I'm sure it will. Um, like I've just said a couple of minutes ago, just speaking to you, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I would do my absolute best to come and support you. Um, in 2021, 100%. Um, high point then, this should be the easy one. Well, uh, luckily I've had a, a few moments, whether it's wrestling with uh, Al Snow to challenging Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Championship to uh, I wrestled uh, Roderick Strong when he was PWG champion. Um, wow. But... Um, I'm like I've managed to work with Paul London several times and he's the absolute best and I can't say enough positives about him and to be honest I think I'm still wrestling because of Paul that's brilliant I I remember Paul London from his run in WWE with Brian Kendrick that's really where I remember Paul London from um What's been your favourite Paul London match moment that maybe I could go and check out? Anyone that's listening can go and check out. His, his Ring of Honor stuff, his early Ring of Honor stuff was always there, uh, was what caught my eye. And and I can still remember 
getting the VHS tape where I, the first time I seen him wrestle, which, as I say, it's a bit crazy. The fact that, you know, I mean, he just the other week he was he was talking to my daughter on the phone. Wow. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's a bit it's a bit crazy how I just see myself as just a regular guy from Carlisle, so from to become part of some of like the wrestling community is just unreal for me it, to me while i'm speaking to you it sounds like you've got a massive beaming smile on your face um just by talking about it and that is it's it's people like you that make this industry so special and so warming to be around um hear a lot of positive stories we hear negative stories unfortunately this year um has been one of those years for that but to me honestly shady it sounds like you're just absolutely beaming with joy you just want to give you want to give more than you want to give yeah. more well, advice I, I, than, than what you I, want to do yourself don't you by the sounds of it i've i've like i'm part of project wrestling unity which was set up to help the wrestling community um whether it's um sharing promotional posters whether it's sharing podcasts merchandise uh wrestlers highlight video I always thought it was it could be difficult for people to spread the word and I just want to kind of help everybody because if if all wrestling gets better then we all get better so if the the better wrestling is the better it is for everybody so hopefully I can help where I can and mate just wonderful it is wonderful speaking to you and i hope people are listening and i hope people jump straight onto you across the social media which we'll get to in a minute and just speak to you and ask for your advice because anyone that's listening out there guys gals come and speak to shady this guy is as genuine as they come and he wants to help you um and i know he will just by speaking to you for the last half an hour you're you're, you're a gem of a human being thank you and, and i need to thank you for taking the time out of your Saturday evening, which is at the time of recording, for coming on here and actually sharing your stories. Um, so thank you, Shady. I appreciate that. Um, before we, we we wrap this conversation up, and I'm sure we're going to return to speak again in 2021, I'd love to, and I hope you would. Um, where can we... I mean, Sorry, what companies, if you can, please feel free to name them. What, what companies have you worked for in the last couple of years that people that might be new to the industry, learning, listening, watching, whatever they may be, where have you wrestled and where have you had your best time? Well, my my regulars are a Target Wrestling in based in Carlisle and also a Discovery Wrestling in Edinburgh. They're, they're the two places I'd call home, but I've, I've appeared at PCW and... Um, I was uh, originally uh, scheduled to make my debut for NCW over in the Northeast. Um, and that was obviously, uh, COVID put a stop to that, unfortunately. But mm. yeah, they're, they're, they're my two home promotions and I'm always willing to, to work elsewhere. Brilliant. Earlier you mentioned Ring of Honor and um, PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. How often... Did you wrestle for those companies? If you did, obviously, I know you mentioned facing Roderick Strong when he was the champion. Was that wrestling for that company or was that well, while Roderick Strong was, was at, touring? It was at Target Wrestling for both of them. 
Wow. Um, okay. It was myself and Jay Lethal in a title versus title match, which uh, was was a big moment for myself. I can imagine. We need that footage. You'll definitely get me the links, won't you? And um, we'll, yeah, we'll make sure we share them. Wow, awesome. I am um, sat here with a massive smile on my face. I've I've really enjoyed our conversation. I feel like I've known you for longer than half an hour already. Um, and I hope there's people listening that do jump on to you to come and speak to you and get some advice. Check out your matches. Um, so, Shady, before we wrap this up, um, where can people approach you? Where can they speak to you? Twitter, Instagram, what's the handles that we can get hold of you? Twitter at Shady Natris, uh, Instagram at Shady Natris or facebook.com forward slash Shady Natris. All uh, easy to remember. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, I hope anyone that's listening has just taken notes of that. If you haven't, just rewind by 30 seconds this episode and, and recatch that again. Um, Shady, once again, I would like to thank you for taking the time. It's It's been a, a privilege for me to speak to you. So thank you so, so much. Um, it's Saturday night. You've probably got dinner lined up very, very <laughs> soon uh, for your family and yourself. So I'm not going to keep you any more, but I would certainly, as we're here recording now, like to speak to you again in 2021 and hopefully 1310 Apparel in the near future can support you as you continue your 20-year journey. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Shady, from me, from everyone that's listening, thank you so, so much. Is there anything you'd like to add before we... Uh, wrap up this episode no just uh, keep supporting the the youtube show and uh, hopefully you, you enjoy what you see so thank you no thank you so so much thanks for joining the show and thanks for listening everyone well team we did it thanks for for coming back listening to an episode recorded two years ago with Shady. I hope you enjoyed it um, as much as you may have done two years ago if you'd have listened then. And I hope if you're a new listener or a new follower to the to the podcast that they, you you know that you enjoyed that episode as much as I did at the time and having re-listened. Now, very, very soon, part two of the Shady Journey is gonna drop. It's a good one, it's very exciting, and I urge you all to take the time to obviously hit the like button, the subscribe button um, and listen to part two when it drops because it's going to be so informative. For anyone out there that wants to get into the scene, that is already in the scene, that wants to learn more, this guy has got all the knowledge that, in my opinion, you need. So stick with us. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for when Shady Natras part two drops because it is soon. But for now, thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Keeping It Kayfabe Four Corners Pro Wrestling Plus podcast. I, as your host, Josh, am extremely grateful. So for now, we will see you on the other side. Shady Natras Part 2 coming soon.